Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. A podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, I'm Fiona MacArthur, a network coordinator for Sheep Connect New South Wales. The Sheep Extension Network in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 2,200 and our main aim is to help keep you and your sheep business up to date on information about all things sheep. As wool growers, we strive to improve our wool clip and animal performance. Assessing sheep on their visual attributes is important to this, but sometimes overlooked is the contribution genetics can make. If you find genetics complex and hard to understand how it can fit into your production system, you're definitely not alone. In this episode of It's Time For You, I'm joined by Luke Stephen to take a look at ASBVs from the beginning to try and unravel the puzzle. Luke has over 12 years experience in the commercial application of ASBVs and is currently the technical specialist of sheep breeding for the New South Wales DPI. Residing in Armidale, Luke brings a depth of experience in all things ASBVs and its use in improving sheep flocks. Luke has been involved in significant industry projects, including the development of Ram Select, ramping up genetic gain and the Merino Select Breach Validation Project. Welcome, Luke, and thank you for joining me on It's Time For You. Thanks, Fiona. It's great to be here. Luke, when we think about genetics, we think about ASBVs, Australian Sheep Breeding Values. So, Luke, can they really help and make growers more money? Look, I think it's a very easy, uh, a short answer to this question would be yes. And the as we unpack it in more detail, uh, ASBVs enable producers to make accurate comparisons between animals both across flocks and between years. So as a commercial sheep producer looking to select higher performing animals for traits of importance, it's a great tool for you to be able to really look at not only within a ram source, but between ram sources and identify the rams that are gonna take your flock forward. And Luke, underpinning all of this, which we hear about all the time thrown around is the term breeding objective. So we need to, I'm assuming know where we um, want to go before we can start looking at ASBVs. So can you tell us in really simple terms, what is a breeding objective? Yeah, a breeding objective, as you mentioned, is is an important starting point for all producers. Then ultimately what it is, is, is your plan to improve your flock. And that might be in the case of making improvements in traits. It might be trying to reduce the impact of, of certain other traits and in other cases it might be maintaining your current level of performance. So Luke, that can seem quite daunting for some producers. So how would we go about setting our breeding objective? I think setting a breeding objective is like any goal, Fiona, in that the first step you have to actually ask yourself is how are you currently going and what are the areas of your flock that you believe you need to improve. So that for a wool grower might be, if you participate in things in weather trials, might be along the lines of, well, how do my sheep perform to 
in comparison to the other bloodlines represented in that or teams represented in that trial. It might be uh, feedback you get from the processor regarding the performance of your lambs with regards to variations in weights and, and so forth. So it's important in terms of setting one that you have an idea of where you are and then it's a case of setting what you actually want to improve. And when we talk about setting what you want to improve, it's important that we focus on some actual smart objectives there that have some sort of time bound measurable uh, constraints to that objective. So a good example might be in a marina operation that they want to increase their wool clip fleece, clean fleece weight by 10% within the next five years. And that's a lot more specific than I want to improve fleece weight uh, because I think as industry goes, we set ourselves or we say buzzwords, uh, but unless we actually put some goals and, and some constraints around it, it doesn't uh, inspire us to go out and actually change those. And Luke, how do we know what direction we should be heading in? Look, I think it's ultimately looking at the performance of that particular trait. And is it something that is going to uh, make you more money if you increase or decrease that trait. So it might be a good example of something, a trait that you might want to decrease to make you money it might be fibre diameter, whereas uh, fleece weight or staple strength are ex examples of traits that we want to push in a more positive direction. And, and on the other side of the coin, we also look at traits that cost us money and what we might be doing to save ourselves investing in that. So a great example of that is worm resistance or breech wrinkle where more negative scores are more desirable in saving us potentially from extra drenches in our system, you know, decrease incidences of fly strike. So it's important to have a look at what particular traits impact your production system because not all traits impact all production systems. For example, if I'm in Western New South Wales where we don't, where rainfall timing and rainfall amount means that I don't have the challenges from internal parasites that a producer in the Tablelands country might. It's an example of a trait that may not be in your objective but may be in someone else's. And Luke, sticking with the breeding objective and when we're making these selection decisions, how do we know we're getting it right? Look, I think this is really one of the benefits of ASBVs, Fiona, because I think in the end of the day, the only way that you know if you're getting it right is if you can see demonstrable increases in what you're doing. So a great example of that might be, if I'm purchasing rams each year to enter my flock, am I buying better rams for those particular traits? And if you notice that you're not, then it's pretty hard to say that you're getting it right. So a great tool, is something like the RAM select tool that enables you to track your RAM purchases year on year, which then can help you make sure that when you go to look at future candidates to enter the flock, are they actually better than what you have at home? And that's a really easy way to make sure that you're getting those traits right. Yeah, that's a really practical tip. Um, when we talk about breeding objectives, we go to all the effort of setting it and that, that takes a lot of um, backwards and forwards, no doubt, within your business. How often do we have to reassess it? Do we revisit our breeding objective each year and change it? 
Look, I, I think it's it, it always pays uh, merit, Fiona, in revisiting your objective in terms of is that still the direction that my flock needs to go in. I'd caution very much on making wide-scale changes to your breeding objective year on year because otherwise you're effectively going, uh, you might be going 10 steps to the left and then 10 steps to the right uh, the following year and at the end of the day you're still back where you where you started. So it's important to look at I guess how your flock is performing and and is that a an area where okay maybe I have achieved the the level of uh, the goal that I wanted for that particular trait and then you may say well okay I'm not going to have as great an influence on this particular trait but I might focus more on another production trait in the system or in, you know, along those lines. And Luke, once we have our breeding objective, and you touched on this just before, how important is it? Is step one, what well, is your breeding objective? Is step two then to assess what rams you have already in your business? Yes, it is, absolutely, Fiona. And I think it's a, another great adv piece of advice to come out of this podcast for listeners would be to assess them each year in terms of not only how they are structurally, uh, and in alignment to your breeding objective, but also in terms of the performance, because ASBVs are numbers that change with time as more information comes into the system. So while the RAM you may have purchased or RAMs may have uh, no more additional records in the analysis, they will have brothers, half brothers and half sisters that might have more information submitted on them, which then means that the accuracy improves for those particular traits, but also the ASBVs may move as well. So it's really important that you do look at that information to make sure that you're using the most up-to-date information in your RAM um, classing in that example. And you may find that uh, in terms of the new ASBVs for those animals, they, they may not be where you currently need and you might go and purchase additional rams or on the flip side of that they might actually be better than what they were when you purchased it in which case the need to purchase as many new rams in your traditional class out system may not be as high and when you talk about assessing the rams we've spoken there about looking at their ASBVs and how they change from year to year but what are the influences that are impacting animal performance should we consider yeah, look, I think it's it's being mindful more so than uh, than knowing what influences animal performance. So when you look at two rams on sale day, there will be a range of impacting factors that determine why that ram is uh, might look bigger or has uh, wider wools or other traits there, and and that can be right through from the age of the animal, uh, you know, what sort of feed it had the birth type uh, of that particular animal, whether it was out of a, a maiden ewe or an adult ewe, and then if, whether it's been subjected to any sort of challenges, be it, you know, it was worm burdens or fly struck, and then finally the genetic potential. So when you're looking at that, those two rams, it's important to note that only the genetics is going to impact what is that ram going to do in your flock. Uh, so it's really important when you do look at this information on sale day that the genetics are the only thing that will pass forward. So that's once again why ASBVs are so valuable because they take all of that information 
into consideration and help you select on the number that will and the trait that will ultimately impact performance for that animal. And does the impact, Luke, of genetics differ between different traits? Yeah, so there will be there will be traits where the the heritability, so that's what proportion of that high performance is passed on to the progeny, is greater or less than other traits. So a good example might be fertility is a what we call a low heritable trait, and so the impact of the environment might be higher in terms of that initial part, but the variation in industry is so large for a trait like fertility that it's really important that we select on it. And I think it's even more important than we select on it, given that, you know, fertility and number of lambs weaned is ultimately the number one profit driver for a lot of producers at the moment, particularly coming out of many years of drought where we're trying to rebuild the flock, where we need additional females to keep in our breeding systems if that's how we're going to rebuild uh, or conversely you know as a restock we need additional females in the marketplace if we're to buy them at a cost effective price. So Luke once we've got our breeding objective done and we've assessed our ram team the next thing is to look at the AB ASBVs that are available um, where do we find them? So look there's there's basically three three areas where you can really find ASBVs available. So uh, the first is on the Sheep Genetics website, which is www.sheepgenetics.org.au. The second place you may find them is in a sale catalogue that a seed stocks producer may send to you pre-sale. And then the final one is on other websites such as Ram Select there. Uh, so, in terms of that's where you can find them to help your selection decisions, it's important to note, as I mentioned earlier, that ASPVs change over time. So even between the time that you may get a sale catalogue and the time of the RAM sale, there may be minor changes in numbers. It's not always what happens, but a good example is if you're looking at ASPVs uh, from older animals that they will change over time. So that's the real value of using a tool like the Sheep Genetics website to get the most up-to-date information to help influence your decisions. Luke, when we're looking on these websites and we're looking, say, at the Sheep Genetics website, um, are, and we're looking at the data that's there for ASBVs, are there different measurements that are given for different times in the life cycle? Yeah, so with ASBVs, Fiona, there's a range of different traits that are available from growth traits, carcass traits, eating quality information, fleece traits, reproduction, and then also welfare traits like worm resistance and breech wrinkle. Uh, so they're available for a range of traits and then they're also available for a range of different age stages. So a good example might be where you may not be selecting on the same trait depending on the age stage is weight. So with our birth weights we don't want too big a birth weights in our lambs because otherwise we'll have issues with dystochia and on the other end of the trail we also don't want a massive adult sheep that are inefficient in their role in, the, in our flocks. So there are some traits where you need to I guess select on higher values and there are other traits where we may want to focus on lower values but there are also some traits where we may set thresholds 
and we may not select higher or lower than that particular value. And Luke, when we're looking on the website, so they'll be at different times, are they all in the same unit or are there different units for individual traits? So they are in different units, Fiona. The benefit of a, the tool like the website is, is that it has that specific unit there. And you may see that some traits are expressed as percentages, others are pre presented in the unit. So wool, it might be micron. In eating quality and shear force, it might be force is the measurement that we're looking at. In some of our visual traits, it might be as a score. And then in some of our traits like weight, it'll just be in kilograms. So it's important to know, I guess, when looking at that, that what you're actually selecting for in terms of the trait unit. So if it's fleece weight, for example, we're looking at percentage differences, not grams or kilograms. And Luke, once we've got that up on screen in front of us, um, how do we use that? Can you just give us an example of what we would do for one trait if it was part of our breeding objective? Yeah, sure, Fiona. So I think if we focus on uh, post-weaning weight, which is that weight at seven months of age, uh, where ultimately we want to select as high a possible value within our flock. So if the ASPV is 10 and the average of the industry is seven, we know that that ram is above industry average and would be a potential candidate for us to take home, provided of course that it meets our other assessments, both for other traits and also for structural or visual assessment. So Luke, the next thing I'd like to talk about is indexes, because the two terms, ASB fees and indexes, are thrown around a lot and they're thrown around a lot together. So. I'd just like to make it really clear for everyone that's listening about exactly we've covered ASBVs. Now, what is a role of an index following on from that? So what's useful for industry and for sheep producers is that obviously the more traits that we want to try and select in, it becomes a lot harder to make gains in all of those traits. So what an index does is it puts all those values together into a single number that represents a breeding system or a breeding objective. In terms of that then, that enables us to make a first up assessment on which is the highest performing animals based on that production system. So we may then look at that, but it's important to note that it's really that first part of the I guess, assessment for the objective performance. So we look at the index value, but it is important to know that that index is made up of a number of ASBVs. And we do need to look at what those ASBVs are underneath it, because we can find with indexes that superior performance in one trait may actually be holding us, um, may be hiding, I guess, poor performance in other traits. So a good example might be if an index is a dual purpose index in merinos that is being driven very heavily by reproduction and body weight but if for fleece weight that animal is going to take you backwards then that may not be the animal that you need to select in your flock and where do we find all these indexes luke are they on sheep genetics websites as well yeah so fortunately they are also available on the sheep genetics website right next to the asbvs that are listed with the animal on 
so that's a really easy way, I guess, if with the index being located on the left-hand side, of starting on the left, finding the right index or the higher performing values, and then looking at those individual ASBVs that impact your flock after that. And how do we find the right index? How do we know which one to use? Because there's quite a few indexes to choose from. Yeah, so there's a there are some really good tips and tools uh, documents on the Sheep Genetics website that can give you a little bit more of an explanation regarding the, I guess, the thoughts of the production system. So in Merinos, it might be, it's more around, I guess, uh, you know, are you maintaining your weathers for multiple years, in which case, you know, wool traits are more important than if you're selling your, your use, um, sorry, your weathers at seven months and you're joining a proportion of your merinos to a terminal sire without a, a first cross system where in a trait like that, it might be that, you know, there's different traits that are important and those traits might be better reflected on your type of sheep. So it's important to look at that information, I guess, and decide which is the right index for you. Now, there are a lot of similarities in indexes because at the end of the day that we're talking about weight, fleece weight, some degree of micron pressure and fertility, uh, but there are different weightings on those traits in terms of how important they are. So it's important to look at, I guess, what underpins that breeding objective. And if that breeding objective sounds fairly similar to your sheep flock, I think that's a really good starting point for you. You may look at other traits outside of that index and that's important to do if those traits are important in your breeding objective. But as I mentioned earlier, I think it's a really good first start to identifying the high performing animals. Once we've got all the ASBs up and we're looking at the indexes, how do we know if it's accurate or not? So all ASBVs are published with an accuracy figure Fiona, which is an indication of how close that breeding value is to a true value. And that is impacted on a range of factors, such as how much information is known about the animal. So sire and dam, um, you know, whether all its siblings are measured for that trait, whether that animal's measured for that trait, whether the heritability is there. Uh, but the important thing to know, if we're looking at teams of rams, which is how we buy the vast majority of rams in a commercial farm system, that teams of rams are highly accurate. So if an animal doesn't meet the minimum accuracy requirements, which is the level where sheep genetics say they don't have faith that that number is a true representation or even a est true estimate, sorry, of that animal's merit, that won't publish and that won't be available for you to make a selection decision on for that particular trait. So you'll look at a sale catalogue and that particular value might have a blank in it. But when we use teams of rams, the accuracy of a team of rams is accurate. So for our commercial producers, it's an area that isn't a very important area to take notice of. It's more important to take notice of if you're joining rams individually, such as in a seed stock or in an AI program. Okay, Luke. So we've looked at what we want. We've set our breeding objective. We've then looked at the animals that we already have to see if they're going to meet our breeding objective and how we need to move forward. And then we've looked at our ASBVs and our indexes and the accuracies of them. And we go out and we buy our RAM team. What should we do once we get home? 
I think what's important when you do purchase your rams after you've gone through some sort of other level of assessment uh, visually for those animals is that they follow your general farm biosecurity plan where they are isolated uh, from the other the other sheep on the farm initially for a period just to make sure they haven't brought any unwanteds home. And from that then it's, you know, we want to give them time to de-stress from the whole ram selling season part prior to joining. We don't want them to bump straight out of the back of a truck into a paddock with ewes. And then we want to really make sure condition score wise, we're targeting 3.5 for that. And that f diet that they're being fed pre-joining has a, a degree of high protein in it. Thanks, Luke. Now, if people would still like some more information about this, you joined me for a webinar recently. So that webinar is on this topic and will be on our website on www.sheepconnectionnewsouthwales.com.au. But where can people go within industry to get further assistance with this process? So fortunately, Fiona, there's been some really good investment by industry with helping to understand this information. And the most recent investment in this has been made by MLA who have made a whole series of videos around this for the commercial and seed stock area to help with this. And that address is www.genetics.mla.com.au. The Ram Select site is another tool I mentioned a little bit earlier that really simplifies the process of assessing rams relevant to your breeding objective. And then if you're looking for more specific information, Sheep Genetics has a range of tips and fact sheets on their website which can help you make more informed decisions. And the last one I'd probably say is really ask your ram breeder and your ram source as well because they have a good idea of, of this information and what it means to them as, as your ram source and then also what may be the right types of rams for your objective. Yeah, that's a great last tip. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for joining us today and sharing your knowledge with all our listeners and for joining us on It's Time For You. Thanks, Fiona. Have a good day. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time For You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. We'd appreciate it if you could share our podcast within your networks. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the AWI podcast, The Yarn. We'd love you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. Join our network by visiting www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au. Find us at Sheep Connect New South Wales on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to seeing you at our workshops and events later in the year. Thanks again for joining us today. Bye for now.